I don't think they're going to go for it. I just... I don't see this being a... Oh, hey guys, one second, I'm just on the phone about some new sponsorship. Fingers crossed. It's not a... What do you mean it's a product everyone wants? Alright. Okay, yes, I have the copy. Yeah. Alright, alright. Fine. Okay, bye. Hey guys, look, I'm not really 100% on this product, but... Let's just go with it, okay? Let's just see what happens. <clears throat> Alright, here we go. Hey, you know those pens you have? Jesus. Gone are the days of, of plastic. Now, now you can... Now you can get glass pens. Yes, that's right. Yes, that's right. Gla glass pens. Uh, don't take my word for it. Here's some glistening testimonies. Jesus. Wow. Gone are the days of those plastic pens. N now I can s see the ink when it, it heats up and burns my palm. I'm so happy I have a glass pen. Now when it sh shatters in my hand, I... I... Have to have surgery. Okay, this is no. We're not sponsoring this. Forget I said anything. Enjoy today's episode. Hello there. Welcome back to Little Man Big Conversations, episode five. Come in. Come in. Stop hanging out by the doorway. You look fab. I love that shirt. It's my favorite one. Five weeks in a row, it's my fave shirt. Come on in. Have a sit down. It's good to see you again. Welcome back. Well, I'm just going to say straight off the bat, episode five. Man, I who would have thought? Who would have thought five weeks ago when I started this that we'd have the run that we've had so far? I didn't. Honest, honest to God, hand on heart. I had no idea that five weeks ago when I started this little project, this creative endeavor, that I would be having such fun, really, and have the ability to chat to the people that I've spoken to thus far. If you're looking for a list of the people that are coming up in this season so far on this podcast, you will find a two-minute trailer on the LMBC Facebook and the LMBC Twitter. If you're not following those accounts, why? Why do you have to do that? Just follow. Just, just do it, man. Come on. I'd follow you. Not in public, but I'd follow you. LMBC Podcast on Facebook and LMBC underscore podcast on Twitter. You'll see the trailer. You'll see some names there. Man, I'm really excited to introduce them all to you. Have a conversation with them and share some stories. Share some tales. Talk about some adventures. Own unique experiences. And maybe, just maybe, you guys will... Have a little bit of a listen, have a little bit of a learn, and we'll all get something out of it. Because, hey, interviewing these people, I've learned a lot so far about the people that may not be a part of my life and the people that are definitely a part of my life. And, hell, there are things there that I was learning about them that I'm sure as hell you guys are going to find just as interesting as I did. Last week, we had Mr. Villain, a.k.a. Jason, one of my high school friends, who is now the proprietor and CEO and chairman of Villain Liftware. Man, it's such a trip being to uh, to talk to Jason after 15 years of friendship. Man, nuts. Absolutely nuts, but it was a pleasure having him on. Uh, you guys seem to enjoy the episode. A lot of people wrote in saying that was really funny, they had a lot of good laughs, and a lot of people from the business world felt like they got something out of that. They, You guys are all doing creative devs right now, just like this podcast, trying to keep the train rolling, trying to keep that energy up, trying to keep that momentum going, trying to keep busy these crazy, crazy times, but you guys are getting a lot of the, out of these episodes, and I really appreciate it, because I never would have thought, like I said, doing this five weeks ago, that it'd be nothing more than just me chatting to a few people, but to have it resonate with you guys, and to have it uh, mean something to you guys, just is, is just wonderful. So we're going to keep that momentum going, we're going to keep that train rolling, and today, I'm going to bring you a very, very special guest. My guest today, this is an absolute privilege and an honor because not only is this girl a suicide girl, she is doing Australia proud. She is well known. If you don't know her, you're definitely about to get to know her. Ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to introduce my next guest on this podcast, Ava Arachne. Ava, how are you? 
Hello, I'm good, thank you. I'm pretty, pretty good, thanks. Warm, but good. <laughs> Are you doing all right in this current climate? Because, hey, I, the world's I a topsy-turvy place right now. No, I'm, I'm doing all right. Wishing that the air conditioning got to the room that I'm in a bit more, but, but otherwise pretty good. <laughs> Man, I wish air conditioning was provided in every single room of everyone's houses. I think we'd be doing uh, a lot, lot cooler and a lot, lot better. I agree. Definitely. I mean, <laughs> buying a house in the future, it's, it's I think, going to have to be a prerequisite before moving in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But hey, I gave you a little bit of a rundown beginning of this intro of this episode. So yes. for those of those of people that don't know, let's run them through real quick what a suicide goal entails, because it's not what the name entries. No. It's, not, it's, not <laughs> it's not a, well, my time's up. Goodbye. It's no, not meant it's not. in a negative way. <laughs> Do you want to tell the people real quickly what it is, what Suicide Girls is and how you became a part of it? Yeah. Um, so it's a, like a website, obviously. Um, yeah. And it is kind of alternative pinup girls. The idea of it is, um, like we discussed before, the name came from the idea of like social suicide. So choosing to look a way that makes you stand out and may like ostracize you from people. Um, and then Missy and Sean, the founders of the website, basically wanted to put that out there uh, in a naked version. <laughs> so they okay. started shooting their friends, people around them, and then slowly recruiting other girls. And it kind of grew into what it is now, which is as well as having photo sets of beautiful women, it's also a bit of a community. Um, I have met pretty much all of my friends through it, if not all of them, through it in some way, shape or form. Um, there are forums where it's like a lot of discussion of a lot of pop culture things, a lot of nerdy things, things that are a bit out of the ordinary. Um, and yeah, but I guess the thing it's about mostly is just like hot, hot naked women who look a bit out of the ordinary. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it sounds, it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I was I was saying just before we hit the record button that I didn't know that it was uh, derived from a from a social s perspective. I was told, yeah, growing up that it was a completely different forum. So, to give the correct answer, what was the what was the correct answer on how the Suicide Girls name came about? It came from a, a book, yeah. Yes, I I'm not a hundred percent sure which book. I do think it was a Chuck Palahniuk novel, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing Palahniuk right. Um, but okay. hopefully, hopefully people know what I'm saying. Um, but I believe, yeah, it was a book that Missy, who is one of the founders read, um, and there was a line regarding these suicide girls referring to girls who choose to commit social suicide by being tattooed, being pierced, having colored hair, um, just standing out. It was kind of the term that was used in the book for alternative girls. That's kind of the impression that I got from how Missy has spoken about it anyway. Yeah. Right. Okay. So... That's a much more uh, kind approach to the Suicide Girl name because I got exposed to the Suicide Girl's uh, name and the label many years ago, back when Tom from MySpace was in my top eight and that dude with, <laughs> like, he's looking over his shoulder giving me that creepy smile. Back when yep. that was a thing, um, I remember being told, like, all about the, the scene phase and, like, the scene trains and things like that. And a lot of pictures back then had an SG in the corner yes. or somewhere embedded on clothing or something like that. I never knew what it was. Like I remember seeing that long before I joined the site. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was definitely out there. And I, I kind of pondered and I don't know whether I was told or where I read it somewhere, but I was told that it didn't come from no book. I was told it was a term of phrase of these are the girls that – answer the question, man, I would kill myself or I'd kill someone to be with a girl <laughs> like that. But hey, it comes from a book that's yep. much more easy <laughs> a to bit digest. Different. Yeah, I think like, I, like yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all if someone came up with that and perpetuated it and decided, like it got sort of rumoured through, especially with SG. It was, it was such a big thing. Like you said, it were, there were logos on every second photo you saw back then. Yeah. So, And there wasn't really a way to distinguish rumours as easily then we didn't have five different types of social media to jump on and be like, actually, no, this is this. So Yeah, no, it was uh, it was MySpace back then, and I think, uh, yeah, I think that was basically about it. There was like was, AOL yeah, Messenger. Yeah, there wasn't much. 
MSN Messenger. Uh, I was just on forums back then. Like I didn't have any yeah. social media. I was on like video game forums and things and like chat rooms. Like I didn't. <laughs> that was it for me. Yeah, I think uh, game cheat websites and MySpace. There was MSN. That was a. Oh man. That yeah. was a thing. Not exactly a social media, but I would say it was like <laughs> the the way we use social media now. I guess is kind of how we used MSN then. Did you have one of those really strange MSN style? Um, addresses back then where it was something like to do with surfing or like Roxy Girl or uh, um, it was Girl always or song like lyrics. It was always song lyrics. Really? Um, as your email address? Back yeah, in the day? as my email address. I used to, and I still do it when I like when I have to create like an email address for like a Netflix account or something random. Right. Um, it's it's whatever song is stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So I think it might actually be the username for this account colliding with forever is an email address i still have that right. i had back then and it was yeah just from a song that i listened to that always used to get stuck in my head so uh, that's a yeah. song that's i thought that was like a poem or some sort of limerick he's a, a he was a, yeah the um the band is like thou shalt not which is like it's this, it's a very very small band i came across them completely by chance when i was probably like 12 or 13 and just starting to get into like really gothy music and stuff that was right. like a little bit different and search out for more stuff instead of just like going to Kmart and searching through the CD bin. Um, and <laughs> Guilty. yeah. And that these guys just kind of like stuck with me and his lyrics very much are like poems. I think the full line is we'll be colliding with forever when you speak, which is just very pretty. But um, yeah, that was, that was my email address then. And it, it's still one of them. Like I still have it. Don't use it for wow. much, but it's there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so me having tub thumping forty four isn't too bad now. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, totally so, fine. Yeah, because I remember back in the day, a lot of people had like something to do with Quicksilver or Roxy or yeah. Kitty. I have a friend. I'm pretty sure I had a friend who was Surfer Dude sixty nine, and he always <laughs> claimed that he didn't know that like sixty nine was like a sexual number. He's like, oh yeah, just auto auto generated. I'm like, did it? Yeah. Did yep. it really happen that way? Yeah, the first 68 were taken. Lucky he, he came in at lucky 69. Yeah, Obviously, no. yeah. Gigi. No. So that's how that's how the Suicide Girls started. You joined yep. up uh, – you joined up – did you join up close to – what was it, the mid-2000s, 2006, 2007? I – so I had a cheeky membership that I shouldn't have when I was not yet 18. I didn't – obviously, there were no photos posted on there. I was just looking right. at other people. Okay. Um, <laughs> but that was probably – I want to say that was probably uh, 2006, 2007. Yeah, that was like my first real exposure to the site. Um, I didn't join as a model until quite a bit later. 2013, I joined as a model. Right. So there's a, yeah. there's this random user colliding with forever, liking all these photos and commenting on everything. <laughs> it, I can't even remember what the username was, but it would be out there. It'd be right. interesting to try to find it, actually. Yeah. So, so you joined up 2013. As of this recording, we're now in 2020. So you've been a yes. member now for <clears throat> seven, eight, seven years now? Yeah. Yeah. As a, as a model or an aspiring model at the beginning. I didn't have a set go up for like a little while after that, but yeah. Wow. So you've been part of that for seven years now. And that that name that you used to on the site, Ava Arachne, that was your was that your go to? Was that something that always in the drums on the back of your mind, or did you generate that while you were had the, I guess, sneaky membership as you put it? But it was there a, <laughs> a name generation thing going on the um, whole time. It was kind of I already so the Arachne is from Greek mythology. Um, super long story, not. Super interesting unless you're into that kind of stuff. But yeah. essentially someone who was a mistress or a goddess, depending on who you listen to, of weaving, um, who was eventually turned into a spider because someone was jealous of her. Um, right. But I already really loved that particular story. Um, and I went by, previously to that, I went by Ariadne online, who, more Greek mythology stuff, but Ariadne was taken. Um, when I went to type it into the site and you can't use any, um, any name that any member has had, it's not just models. So, and obviously there have been literally hundreds of thousands of members. So yeah. it's hard to find a username that hasn't been taken. Um, mm. Ariadne didn't work. And I was like, well, Arachne sounds kind of similar. Let's try that. And then that didn't take. So I put an I in it, <laughs> which is why it's Arachne, um, C-H-N-I-E instead of N-E, like right. it is in Greek. 
yeah. and that was fine and that was allowed. So I was arachne for a really long time and I, I wasn't Ava until probably about a year, a year and a half ago. Um, oh, really? What brought that on? Yeah. A couple of things. I So I had one of my Instagram accounts was deleted. Um, oh, awesome. And, yeah, it happens. And I you can't remake it in the same name, so I couldn't use just Arachne, which is what I had before. And I also was doing some lingerie waitressing and stuff like that. And Arachne yeah. isn't a, like, sexy roll-off-the-tongue kind of name. Um, so I needed like a, like a hot person name <laughs> to go okay. with it. Um, yeah. instead of just having one name because I'm not, I'm not Cher. I don't, I'm not Madonna. <laughs> I don't get one name. So I thought Ava sounded nice with it. Uh, and that was literally the entire thought process that I like alliteration and Ava Arachne, I thought sounded nice altogether. So hmm. that's how Ava came into it. <laughs> so Ava was just a name that just came out of thin air that wasn't derived from anything else it was just oh, not just at Ava. all it was literally like it's short it sounds nice with arachne it's easy for people to say i kind of regret it now there are like so many other cooler names that i wish i had gone with but <laughs> okay it's like it's kind of too late at this point i'm like i can't i'm not gonna try to change my name now it's been too long if you had the chance though like if suicide girls came to you and said hey we're doing a rebrand and you were able to rebrand your name what would you choose would you would you still keep arachne and change the first name or yeah i would definitely still keep arachne i've thought mm. like i've thought about it a lot actually because i'm not i i think ava's a very beautiful name but it doesn't feel like me at all right um and i <laughs> i always wanted rio as a name if i was going to like when i was really young i always thought that if i was going to be a stripper or if i was going to work in the sex industry i wanted rio as a name like the duran duran song okay um, yeah. <laughs> which just <laughs> yep <laughs> is a whole thing but rio arachne doesn't sound great together so i don't know i don't know about that one yeah, um, i would that's... probably if anything just go back to being arachne um, oh, and, and just screw anyone who wants me to have a, a sexier name. But, okay. So you would yeah. do the share thing. You would have one name. Yeah, I think I'd just go back to it and tell anyone who doesn't like it that they can leave. <laughs> <laughs> just telling the camera guy, hey, put your camera down, just, get just, out. Just, you can go away now. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So, so you've got the name. You're with, you're with the company still to this day. Mm-hmm. When did the process, because we're talking about current day here, we will go backtrack and go into a bit more detail with how this whole suicide girl thing came about, because it wasn't just like you find it in the newspaper, ring up and, hey, you're a part of it yeah, now. Yeah, not quite. But when did the process for you start saying, okay, I've, I've developed this name now with this group, my photo sets are getting out there, people are starting to catch on, I'm having like a unique sort of, um, I guess, following to being being of someone of Australian, um, of a suicide girl, um, is sort of like a unique blend in itself at, at during those stages. You kind of developed yeah. a following. When did you start thinking, okay, can I or should I start branching out and try other things? When did that whole process for you start to begin? Was that after a few sets and you thought, hey, I'm going to try doing a different avenue here? Or was it only of recently where you went, mm, I'm going to try some different avenues here and see where this name can take me? Um, it was – a few years, I think. I kind of only, at the beginning, I kind of only ever thought of it as like something cool that I was doing on the side. Because yep. Suicide Girls isn't like you don't, it's not, a lot of people seem to think that it's like a paid job where we're like a paid constantly to be part of the site, but it's it's not. Like you don't earn an income from Suicide Girls. Oh, really? Um, yeah, no, you don't. It is very okay. much like a like a hobby. They, they purchase the sets that they buy. So when you see like a set, they have set of the day to explain. So like every day a new set goes up on the front page. Yeah. Um, and then you can click and see a bunch of other sets, but in member review. So when a set does really well in member review, or if they particularly like it for whatever reason, they can choose to purchase it. And that is the point at which a model will get paid. Right. Um, okay. But aside from that, and like people can leave, tip, leave tips on the website. It's not a really heavy tipping website. There's not a big culture around that. And that's a pretty new feature. Um, but yeah, so there's no income generated from that. So I never really thought of it as something that could be part of a job. I'm not a typical model looking human in any way so while I love modeling I never considered any sort of conventional modeling as a way to go mm -hmm. um and I yeah like I kind of 
it wasn't until I had developed, a, like, like you said, just like more of a following on social media, I guess. And I kind of, at the time, Tumblr was really big and I had quite a big following on Tumblr as well. And I kind of went like, I should be able to monetize this. Like I should be able to do more. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, as it is, I'm just kind of uploading photos and like, it's fun and I get to interact with people and I love it, but I feel like there's more I can, more I can do with it. Um, so yeah, I think like, I mean, I, I've done a bit of other modeling outside as a result of it. And I've done like mm. a little bit of waitressing, but that's not super tied into it. Um, I started OnlyFans in 2016 now, I think, which right. has kind of been, which is, has now developed into my main form of income. Mm. Um, and that's probably been like, it, it's been one of the best things I've done with it. Absolutely. Do you feel but, like, do you feel like now with the social, or I should say global situation and the pandemic, the way that mm-hmm. it's been, as someone that's been a member of that site since 2016, as you said, do you feel like now with the social uh, situation that it that we're currently experiencing, do you feel like that site's kind of exploded more with not only people that subscribe but other users, or has it sort of got the same traffic to for you, for someone like yourself that's been on there since 2016? It um, there's definitely. I'm getting a lot more messages from people asking me how to start their own (laughs) and not realizing that it's like, it's actually, it's quite a process and you can't just make instant money. Um, In terms of like, like uh, customer flow on the website, it's actually pretty similar. I expected to see a really dramatic difference. Um, It's been kind of what you would expect, I guess, if you thought about it a lot. So I've had probably more subscribers, but less people spending a lot of money. I would say so less people ordering custom videos and buying a lot of content, but more people just kind of subscribing to like hang out on the side. Okay. Um, so which makes sense given the the situation. There are a lot of people a lot of people with a lot more time at home and a lot of people unfortunately have a lot less money to spend right now. So Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, it is such a a weird time for the entire globe, really. The entire globe. It is. It really has, is. Has hit the pause button. Um but uh, it doesn't seem like the light at the end of the tunnel doesn't seem too far away for a while there. It looked like a dark, scary hole, but I'm starting to see some light. It looks like we're going to recharge the batteries real soon, but Fingers people, crossed, hey. Oh man, I really hope so. But it's good to know that people um, like yourself are still, even though like the, the way that the world is right now, are still being creative and still putting themselves out there in any which way that they can and continuing to go, yeah, you know what, the globe's weird right now, but hey, I'm going to knuckle yeah. down. I'm going I'm to keep it going and see what happens here. So yeah. I'm very, very grateful to have to, to be in an industry where I'm not horribly affected by this. It's like it's they're obviously like I have so many people around me who have been so negatively impacted and, yeah, no, I'm incredibly lucky and incredibly grateful that I'm not in a position where I have a total loss of income or anything like that as a result of this. I'm just stuck inside, um, yeah. which I'm usually inside anyway. So, Oh, you're a bit of a homebody anyway? Very, very much so, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm extremely introverted, um, which I feel like a lot of people say, and it's like a bit of a cop-out, but I don't think I've met anyone like as introverted as I am in my life. Um, I'm very much a homebody, yeah. Oh, really? So, yeah, because yes. I agree. There are some people out there that'll go like, I'm an introvert. And then you're like, you're just lazy. Yeah. Like, you're, <laughs> you just don't <laughs> sure. want to go out, yeah. man. Yeah. So, but you've always, you've always been that kind of person. Just, you want to stay at home, do your own thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't even mind going out. But if I, if I go out, it's by myself. Like, I don't want to, I, I don't go out to socialize. If I leave the house, it's usually to go like wander around. Like I'll, I'll take a train into the city and just walk around the city and eat lunch and read, sit down somewhere and read a book or like, yeah. I, I just really value my time by myself, I guess. So is that derived from the fact that being in the industry that is, is a creative outlet whereby you're sort of giving yourself and your time to so many people out there that it's, it's kind of nice to just be introverted in the sense of, Hey, going out I'm just doing me for a while is that sort of where it stems from um I've definitely I've definitely always been very introverted I don't think I had a word to put to it when I was younger but I've always been like I've never had I mean I just didn't have friends at all when I was younger but I've never had like a a big social circle I've never seen my friends very often Mm. but um it's definitely there's definitely been more of a divide now obviously due to my job like it's become a lot more important to have that time alone so I don't just burn out like I've yeah. I have a lot more recognition of the fact that I'm not a person who can just indefinitely socialize and put myself out there and still be okay mm. do you find like 
do you find yourself burning out a lot more now that like with the whole social situation that the way that it is or is it sort of um, on the same level and mindset that you've been at for like the last couple of years um i i would say in the last probably like year i've managed to get a pretty decent balance and like awareness of when i'm beginning to stretch myself too thin yeah. Yeah. Like I, when I first started doing a lot more, so like when I started working on different websites, when I started doing OnlyFans and many vids and like a couple of other clip sites and really filming a lot and putting myself out there, I burnt out very, very quickly and couldn't work for a while because I just hit everything too fast. And I was like, oh, this is great. I'm doing so much. And then you just kind of hit a wall and can't do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been long enough that I've kind of learned how to balance everything. Uh, well enough that I think I've transitioned pretty well into this situation. My partner's working from home. Right. Um, and he he's definitely having a rougher time with it because he's very extroverted naturally. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of like I, I'm not used to not having the house to myself because I usually do during the days because he's like works more of a nine-to-five. Um, right. But it's – it's all good, pretty much. I spend probably a bit more time in, like, my filming room than I usually would. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's understandable given, like, the way that everything is right now. But, hey, it sounds like all things considered, you've got a handle on it now. You know when you're about to burn out, but that doesn't yeah. stop you now. And you know, hey, I need to go into the I need to go into the city, read a book, do some overtime, time, and then I'll get back to being the persona and being the successful um model and, and cr- creative person that you are i'm definitely looking forward to being able to like go into the city and have a wander again i'm yeah. not ba- obviously not going anywhere near public transport right now no I don't. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to yeah being able you, to do that yeah no you definitely want to uh steer clear of those yep. trains, trains 100 right now but that's where you are right now not on a train or a bus but that's where you are creatively right now you've you've, you've developed the brand you've developed the name you're in different outlets now you have a presence on social media profiles are not being taken down which sucks to hear but you've got a strong social media presence back again yes that's where you are now yeah of course thankfully now all accounts are secured everything's going your way but that's where you are now yeah let's rewind the hands of time because it didn't just sort of come overnight you weren't sort of in the middle of high school and they're like hey join this yeah definitely not (laughs) take take me back to the origins because um were you always involved or interested I should say in the modeling thing throughout schooling or I guess in high school were you more exposed to it or was that something that came towards the end if not out of school um so I think the, the modeling of it was kind of a part that came with it a lot of it was more the the women on the site and I guess to some extent the social aspect of it so yeah. I um I've always been very interested in like body modifications of any sort. I know I don't look very tattooed compared to like most people now, but um, I, I've gone pretty slow with them. But when I was, you know, back sort of going back to like 2003, 2004, there weren't people who were very heavily tattooed just walking around everywhere. Right. Yeah. Um, but I had, I think it was like a, it was, I believe a Ripley's Believe It or Not book when I was like 10 and I saw like the world's most tattooed woman and thought that she was just the most beautiful thing ever. Right. Um, so as soon as, like, we got an internet connection in my parents' house when I was, like, 10 or 11 or whatever, I was, you know, online and I was Googling tattoos and piercings and all of these things that I had seen and these, like, cool different people. Um, and I came across Modblog, Be Amazing, um, mm-hmm. which is not really as much of a thing anymore, but it's kind of what it sounds like. It was like a body modification website, kind of like a pseudo-social media thing. There were different blogs run on it. All of that. And they used to do a section called BME Girls where they would feature girls. Um, And I noticed after a while that a lot of those girls had suicide as their kind of like last name. Um, So like Adria Suicide was one of them who I still remember. Um, But they would post girls and I was like, oh, what's this about? Why do they all have suicide as their last name? (laughs) Um, And yeah, some Googling and that eventually kind of led me to the site. But I I was more drawn in by how they look than anything like I just wanted to look like that really badly when I was younger was um was that tattooed woman was her name uh Julia I have no idea (laughs) I think it was Julia Gnus or something she's like the world's most Uh, that sounds that sounds something's rattling around in my head that sounds very very familiar yeah I don't know you're probably right (laughs) I don't know how that name has popped into my head I remember I remember the last name being news or something I think yeah it was... no I think you might be right because that sounds incredibly familiar to me 
Yeah, because I remember I think they did a show for a while, and then the guy did like a it was like a, a montage of you know meet meet Julia, and then she was I think she yeah. had something like ninety five percent or something of her body tattooed. Yes, it sounds okay. like the same person. Yeah, right. <laughs> so you saw that image, and you went, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some research here into body modifications, and then everyone's got the suicide handle. Was yeah. that so? You were you were into that? That was sort of like the high school days for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was high school for me. Right. So now you're coming out of high school now. It's still sort of it's 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 appealing, but you don't know if it's something that you were really wanting to do. Did you want to like coming out of school? Did you want to go straight into that or was there a study process or what was your mindset um, like coming out of school? My uh, my mindset coming out of school was nothing to do with anything like that. I kind of I very much went for what my parents wanted me to do kind of thing like I I was not a rebel by any means I was super not rebellious I was very like I was very quiet yeah not at all I mean I'm still not really (laughs) I I feel like I look a bit like it but no I was I was very much just wanting to like kind of keep my parents happy um and I did the stupid thing and had an excellent English teacher in high school. And I was like, yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to be an English teacher too. So I went and I did a literature degree straight out of high school, actually. Um, oh, wow. Okay. Was that yeah. influenced by an English teacher? Was that something that you were passionate about? I, I'm a big reader. I've always loved books. I did okay. really well in English in high school. I you know, just had a real enjoyment of that. Um, so sort of was like, yeah, cool. I'll be an English teacher. I'll do a literature degree and then do a postgrad in education and, start that process I did part of the education thing absolutely hated it and there's really nothing you can do with literature as a (laughs) as a study thing besides teaching really um yeah so yeah I I just kind of went into a string of different jobs after that um just kind of trying to figure out where I fit (laughs) yeah did you find that during school, speaking of fitting in, did you find like your own clique and your own niche during school? Because I know oh, a lot I of people. I had no friends, absolutely zero. Really? Yeah, like zero zilch none. <laughs> yeah, I um, I had a really rough high school experience. I can sort of attest to that because mine was from a different different aspect. Where, mm-hmm. um, as a kid, I was diagnosed with cancer, and I went through yes. that whole treatment. Goodness. And that that left. Oh, well, hey, I'm here now. It's a lot. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>. you are. <laughs> um, I think no. Um, and <laughs> are that... any of us really here? <laughs> <laughs> Is this happening now? Um, <laughs> so that left me on the short end of the spectrum in the sense of I'm. I was about four nine, four ten throughout mm-hmm. high school, um, but everything else was operating as normal you know my, my lungs were fine the hearts were fine organs were fine yeah. everything was fine it was just that whole side of things being like oh he's a short dude now in reality yeah. coming out of high school that doesn't mean a damn thing but no it doesn't matter of course, in, in high school everything down to the color of your nails matters so it really does yeah. that that process for a while there for me uh, especially traveling up because i originally was from sydney i came up to to queensland went to the high school thing there hit the reset button luckily being able to talk to people and telling a few jokes earned me a couple of friends, but it so was. So you've got rough. that. I have no sense of humor. So you you went out there. Oh, but, but, <laughs> but hey, it, but much like discovering the body modifications, getting to single, it yeah, didn't happen overnight. No, it didn't happen not overnight. at all. It, it yeah. was a developing trait. But to to resonate with you, high school man, there was some times there where, although I had some people that would giggle and snort whenever I tell a joke. I had as much on the other hand of people going, man, I do not like this guy. So you're saying for me, your experience was, was rough. Yeah. I was, I was just very, very, very heavily bullied. Um, I had some undiagnosed mental health stuff going on that I didn't really know about my parents. I was the eldest kid. So my parents had no idea what to do with me. Um, and yeah, I was just very, very badly bullied. Uh, and because, you know, some of the kids were bullying me, no one else really wanted to come near me because no one wants to associate with the kid that's being bullied and, Mm. all that kind of stuff so I just kind of didn't really have friends in high school I had a couple people who I would sort of sit next to in classes and try really hard to be friends with and it just kind of never really happened right but um but that's all right (laughs) so so you came out of it like you came out of the high school thing you persevered which is the most important thing because a lot of people this in this day and age um like there, there is a lot of there is that sort of I guess a weirdly social accepted thing of like oh well all these great guys dropped out of high school so it's almost yeah. like a 
it's almost like a cool trend now to go, oh, well, Bill Gates dropped out and Steve Jobs dropped out, so I'll drop out too. <laughs> yeah. But no, school is important. <laughs> yeah. So you persevered with the bullying, which I got to commend because bullying these days leads to some real dark roads for some people. But you went through it, but you came it out the other side. Barely, but I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you're here now. Yes, um, I am. And so you went through that process, which, yeah, I'm sure at that uh, that stage of your life, it was the hardest and, and worst thing to ever yeah. go through at that oh, age. absolutely, yeah. So you came out of high school, you're into literature, you're into English, you went and studied that. What was that process like? Did anything happen during that process that sort of went, okay, I've got to take a break here? Did, were you enjoying it or were you just um, sort of not really getting into it as much as you thought you were? I, I loved the classes, but because I – I didn't really have any experience socializing basically because like I said I I didn't have any friends at all in high school um so I kind of took that as an opportunity to like try to be social and try to make friends Mm -hmm. um and I didn't do well at it I didn't know how to put myself across I didn't know how to be a good friend I didn't know how to communicate properly with people um so that was the the whole social side of it was a whole mess of everything. Um, mm. I ended up getting into a pretty horrible relationship um, right. that lasted about a month and I ended up in hospital, um, which is when I like stopped all of that and kind of like, I was also working at McDonald's. I forgot about that. Oh, right. <laughs> through all of this. Yeah. Through high, through high school and uni, I was working at McDonald's. Um but yeah, I kind of had a had a really rough time with that kind of stuff and um and then after that I ended up sort of building back up and trying to find tried to find my place a little bit more with everything. But it's yeah, there was there was not really much going on in my head in terms of like where I would be at this point in time. Like I never thought I'd be modeling. I never thought that I would be like anyone that anyone would care to follow online, certainly. Right. But, because high school and university arguably are two sides of the same coin where you sort of mm-hmm. you sort of start discovering who you are as a person. Now, that, well, both, both industries both have what I like to call a safety net where it's not so much real life in the sense of, hey, once you leave those campuses and once you leave the school grounds, that's when reality hits. So you yeah. sort of have this safety net environment to sort of create your own identity. And if there was something in high school you didn't like, or it was some leading down a bad way, you could sort of, I guess, almost start again at university and start yeah. shaping, shaping. I tried your- to do that and I did a bad job. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> just- yeah. Yeah. I just, I just failed at, at trying to, trying to reinvent myself, I guess, in university. I didn't, I didn't, I guess I just didn't know who I was very much. So I wasn't sure. I didn't know how to be myself, so I was trying really hard to be what I thought I wanted to be or what I thought people wanted from me. Right. But, yeah. Did you did you stick it out at university? No, not well. I <laughs> I have multiple university adventures actually. <laughs> okay. yeah. So I didn't with that one. So I I was there for a little bit over two years. Like I did go. I like I had shots in hospital. I did end up going back to university the next year. Okay. I um. Just had not resolved any of the issues that I was dealing with, essentially. So I went back as a very quiet, withdrawn, sick human um, and did okay with study. But my mental health just wasn't at a point where I could support everything. Um, And I ended up going into, at the end of 2011, this was, I ended up going into a psychiatric ward for a very short period of time. And I completely cut off university then. I was like, cool, I can't make this work. At yeah. least not now. Done out. Yeah. So yeah. The last thing I think, uh, especially in that environment, is being up to date with your lectures and making sure your assignments. Yeah. Are no, it doesn't doesn't work that way at all. So you came out of that bad relationship. Was this a spin off from that? Did you decide to check yourself in and go, "Hey, I'm I'm in a bad place here. I need to go get 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 everything looked at and get myself checked out here because I'm not enjoying who I am." Is that where that came from? Was um, that a, or was that a decision that you made? No, it wasn't a decision okay. that I made, actually. Um, right. I attempted suicide on my university campus, actually, in 2011. Wow. 
um, and a, a lecturer, a very, very kind lecturer, um, who was my theatre lecturer at that point in time, um, called paramedics and got me sent to hospital and whatever. And once we got there, they were like, we're, we're not letting you go home. We're obviously not letting you go home right now. Yeah. Um, even though I, I wanted to, I obviously wasn't in the right headspace. I was like, just let me leave. But that's that's not that's not their job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's how I was there. And I wasn't there for very long, but it was definitely like a turning point in everything yeah 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 definitely so you you went through that process you weren't there for very long was a were you roughly there for maybe like half a year a year like no like 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 a week I think oh really okay yeah like it was a very short period of time I was very desperate to get out of there yeah I probably should have been in longer I was definitely lying to doctors and telling them that I was more okay than I actually was I think but Mm -hmm. Um, they obviously like these places need the space for other people as well. They kind of try to get people out as fast as they can, I think. Okay. Um, unless they feel like they are genuinely safer for them to be in there. But, yeah. Yeah. They'll probably assess and go, okay, this person's yeah. like, <laughs> making gun motions with their hand. We don't think we should let them out. Yeah, like it's maybe, kind of like a <laughs> assess and see kind of vibe. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. I think like I still live with my parents. I think they kind of saw that my parents genuinely cared about me and were like, okay, you can go with them. Keep an eye on her kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so where are we at now? So we're, we're still in 2011 now or is this? Yeah, kind of that's, that's, yeah, that's, yeah. Around the end of 2011. Right. Okay. Now, is this where your life sort of takes a, a turn for the good? Because I know that in, in everyday life, not only you're a model and you're in a relationship, but you're also mm-hmm. a mom. Yes, I am. Did, was this the year or was this come later? No, it's, it's quite a bit later. So okay. um, well, I'll edit that out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> 2016 was when I um, okay. had, I fell pregnant, had a kid. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I'll bring that up in 2016 then. So. Easy. <laughs> All right, so you're at 2012 now. You've gone yes. through that uh, extraordinary time to – I guess it was almost – uh, could you call it almost a sense of not only recovery, but were you coming out of that? Did you sort of go, all right, I know not what I want to do, but I definitely know that the opposite of that is where I want to be in terms of being a person? Kind of, yeah. I definitely – gained an amount of self-awareness from it it's when I like sort of started seeing um mental health professionals and started the process of like okay clearly my mental health is something that does need I can't deal with by myself it does it does need more attention than just me mm-hmm. um and I I still didn't really know what I wanted to do but I was starting to become definitely like more of myself I kind of dropped any sort of pretense I definitely dropped any sort of act or person that I was trying to put on and started focusing on kind of developing traits that I wanted to have genuinely as a human instead of trying really hard to like present myself as someone else. Right. Yeah. So you're starting to go, all right, this is, this is the ticking of the boxes that I kind of want to aspire to be at. And what yeah, I've come pretty much. And what I've come through. Yeah. Uh-uh, it's not working for me no more. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. So in 2012 now, is this where, you start looking a bit more, you come back to always been interested in, but now you start coming back to that idea sort of seeps in of, Hey, the suicide girl thing I looked at a couple of years ago, is that still on the radar at this point? Yeah, a little bit, actually. I think because I, because I was like a getting a little bit older and I um, had started becoming a little bit more modified in how I looked. I had a couple of tattoos at this point. Yeah. Um, and I actually started hairdressing in 2012. Um, and I started putting a lot more effort into my appearance as a result of that. Previously, I like, I had my own thing going on. I was like very gothy looking. Um, I'm still, I mean, I'm pretty gothy looking now, but I was like the real sort of like eighties goth with like a lot of fishnets and a lot of big hair and that kind of thing. And I never really put much of an emphasis on like, uh, beauty or like prettiness in how I looked. It was all very much like Halloween makeup or like no makeup. And (laughs) Yeah. 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 Whereas when I started hairdressing, I started in like a, like a really high end salon, a luxury salon. And they kind of went to me, well, you need to wear makeup. You need to like put some effort into your appearance. And it wasn't something that I'd ever thought about before. I wasn't really aware of like my body shape or my face shape or anything like that. Um, Mm. So that kind of awareness of my body and ability to apply makeup and going out and trying on different clothes definitely kind of made me think about it again. 
Mm -hmm. I kind of started to think probably around then, yeah, like, oh, maybe I could actually do SG. Maybe I kind of am starting to look a bit like one of them. Like maybe that's something that would work. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, it kind of, it was definitely in the back of my head at that point. And I did start modeling um, in a very small capacity, 2012 as well. Just like looking, I, I joined like Model Mayhem, which is, it's, it's pretty dead now, but it's kind of like a, kind of like a social media you can put up your modeling or photography portfolio and find other models or photographers and link up through there um so I started shooting with people just kind of for funsies around yep. then um and yeah, yeah that's a big that's a big it. leap that's a big leap from coming out of from high school not knowing who you were to go through that terrible time to now go hey yeah let's take some photos like yeah <laughs> was this was this all sort of inspired from the fact of well the suicide girl thing. I'm really look, really liking the look, and you, you're starting to create your own identity now. And did shaping your own identity in the sense of being inspired, maybe to a sense of the body modification sites and and the scene girl thing, did you sort of feel like you could find your own niche, or sort of feel like this is this feels like a safe place, and this this kind of vibe here is, is I'm liking what I'm I'm liking what I see, and maybe I can apply it to that my own life. It was generated from something like that. So the the thing that it, it sounds really like whenever I say it, it feels like so cringy and mm. strange. But the thing that got me to actually sign up as a model for the site was um, an article in Cosmopolitan, which I don't actually think exists anymore, <laughs> but it did then. Yeah, Cosmo. Um, yeah. Yep. Cosmo. And it was an article about based on a study that had found that people are most likely to form their lifetime friends between the ages of 22 and 28. Right. Um, and prior to reading that, it sounds really dumb that that was such a pivotal thing, but I had kind of accepted that I just didn't have friends. I had like okay. moved out of home with my partner at that point, And the only people I ever saw socially ever were, um, were his friends <laughs> like I didn't I didn't have any friends I didn't socialize with anyone mm -hmm. at all like I there were a couple of people that I would chat to online occasionally but I didn't have any of that and I kind of had thought well like I don't I, I never made friends in high school so there's my chance gone my partner is lucky enough that he most of his friends are friends that he met in primary school or high school yeah um and I kind of saw that as like how things were um and I thought that because I didn't have friends in high school and I didn't make friends properly in uni that I just couldn't have them mm -hmm. um and reading that article was like oh science says that I should be able to make friends which <laughs> yeah. is <Science>. really yeah, <laughs> yeah. kind of yeah. dumb but I I mean I've always had a lot of faith in science I'm very much that type of person yeah 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 um but yeah and that kind of like just made me like something clicked and I thought oh wait I like I have heard people talking about suicide girls as like a really nice community, mm -hmm. um, especially like the Australian part of it. Um, I, like I said, I was on Tumblr at that point and I followed a girl who she's Pixie Lace Rose on Instagram now. Um, she has quite a big following there. She at the time was Vorpal or Vorpal Suicide. And I knew she was a recruiter for the site because I, we followed each other on Tumblr and we would, we used to chat all the time on there. Um, and she had spoken about it being a really great community. So I kind of went, okay, maybe this is how I find people who are more like me. And I right. just messaged her and ended up signing up through her. Right. Okay. So you, that all that whole thing that was rattling around for ages, you're now thinking, yeah, this this could maybe feel like a home. Maybe I could sort of yeah, pretty much. Not only feel like a safe place because you've been chatting online to, to Volpal, um, but now it's sort of becoming a reality. And your partner, is it the same partner you have now? Is this? Is this yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. I um I have been with my current partner um officially since 2012, unofficially since like the beginning of 2011. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so 2012, hearing it just now from you firsthand, 2012 feels like a big reset button from you. You come out of that bad situation, you kind of find your tribe with suicide girls, and going from someone that felt really sort of reserved and introverted in high school, you're now starting a relationship. This yeah. is a complete 180 and just a very uh, much so. Arguably just a, a small t uh, time frame shift. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Right. So you've you're starting to you're starting to get all the green lights for you here. You've developed you've you joined up to the brand. You're in the relationship now. Just touching on it real quick cuz I didn't get to ask you just before. You talked about getting your tattoos. 
was coming out of that bad time, was that what inspired you to get your first tattoo to sort of signify to yourself, hey, you know, I'm getting this to mark a new beginning or was it just something you saw and went, oh, I'm going to get tattooed? It was it was actually an idea that I'd had in my head for a really long time and it was completely a financial thing. Like mm-hmm. it was a financial thing and it was a matter of like I want to be really, really sure because I at the moment, like now I'm probably slightly more spur at the moment. I don't care as much in terms of like, oh, well, I regret this later. But yep. back then, they were. It was my first tattoo, so I had been thinking about it literally for years about right. what I wanted for my first tattoo. So it was mm-hmm. just a matter of saving up those those McDonald's paychecks. Um, <laughs> and yeah. I think it was a tax return. Like I think it was a like a Macca's tax return. And I was like, cool, I'm gonna get tattooed now. Right. Um, so totally boring reason, but um. That what was, was it. your first tattoo? Um. So I, I have on my shoulders two purple roses. Okay. Um, that have like spider webs on them, and one of them has like a spider as well. Those are my right. first ones. Is that something you derived from just saying like, "Hey, I just want this"? Or was it something you saw, or was just um, bits and pieces? I, I, I still really love the color purple, but back then, like everything in my life was purple. Like it was a real thing for me. Right. Um, so I loved the color purple, and it made me feel very like wearing purple made me feel very like comfortable. So I loved the idea of that sense of comfort. Um, I wanted something that felt that worked with my body and felt like an accessory almost as well. So that's kind of why I chose my shoulder caps as like a placement because it's almost like like clothing, almost like something you would put on your body. Um, mm-hmm. And then the spider webs because I really love spiders. Obviously, like it goes with my name a little bit as well. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, super. No, nothing super interesting there. I, I they're kind of traditional style purely because it's it's a style of tattooing that holds up really well over time. Um, mm. And then I, I knew that it was never going to look dated, I guess, as well, which was yeah. kind of important to me. Now everyone's got their stories and their reasons behind the tattoos. That does sound like an individual and a very, I mean, sporadic reason to get a tattoo. But, hey, it works for you. It's, yeah. it's part of your identity now. Absolutely. It's a lot better reason than when I got my first tattoo. <laughs> oh, what, what, what was yours? Um, my first tattoo was across the back of my shoulders, and it was Latin font. You're going to appreciate this because it's from Marvel. It's um, it's from the Punisher movie, the Tom Jane one. Ah, and sure. I got the line, Sivus Peckham Parabellum, which means if you want peace, prepare yep. for war. Prepare for and, war, yeah. <laughs> and I, I – <laughs> funny story. I ain't told the story on the podcast now. For people that are going to listen to this episode, they're going to hear this for the first time. I was always a little bit concerned about getting any type of font on uh, as a tattoo because there's always those horror stories of someone getting font oh, and there's like yeah, a letter course. missing or something, mm-hmm. you know, and there's that famous scene um, in one of those movies where it says Ragrets, the guy's got the complete yep, yep, tattoo. Yep, yep. <laughs> I, thought, I thought, man, it's going to end up like me. I get the tattoo, right? I, uh-huh. I sit down with it. I get the outline done. And true story, I get the outline done, just the outline of all the font. I stand up mm-hmm. and go, wow, that was so quick. That's great. And the guy went, no, no, i got to color it in now. We've got, we got more. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. So I sit back down. I've never stared so hard at a floor of tiles in my life because yeah. I was like, I'm going to study this grout because he's really, you know, I mean, you know, first yeah. Coloring I, I certainly, yeah. I mean, I also have script across that area of my back, so I know very well. Yeah. yeah. Very, so very the, well. There was a comma in between the two um, the two sentences yes. there, and that comma was right on my spine, so my whole skeleton <laughs> was vibrating. I'm thinking, I'm having a great time with this. Yep. I get home. I look in the mirror. Yeah, it looks good. Uh, wait a minute. What? Sivas, uh, it's meant to say Packham. It says Param. Oh, no. And I went, no, nah, I must nah, – I'm, I'm, I'm tripping out. I, 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 I must have spelt it wrong. Like, I was totally in denial. Yeah. I went down to wrestling training the next day. I didn't train, obviously, because that would be really painful. Yeah, absolutely. One of, one of my trainers was a big comic book enthusiast, and he'd also studied Latin. I said, uh, oh, yeah, I got the sure. tattoo done. And he sort of laughed, and he went, show me a tattoo. Because I put it up on social media. I was bragging yeah. about you know. Yeah, thing. of course. And he looked at it, and he said <clears> – <throat> he started laughing, and I went, well, what's wrong? And he goes, you wanted Sivas – Packham Parabellum, right? If you want peace, prepare for yeah. war. And I said, yeah. And he goes, mm, you've got Param. And I went, oh, don't tell me. Yeah. He goes, right now your tattoo says, if you want parent, prepare for war. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm like. Oh, my goodness. And I was that fear of being like, no. Yeah. I can't really stop this. But, hey, managed to get down the tattoo artist. He was 
we managed to add a little bit on the R at the end yeah. to sort of turn it into a C, so it wasn't too bad. Most of the time with, like, script with tattoos, you can kind of, like, do some things and, and make it work. But, yeah, for that for that 48-hour, 72-hour process before getting back in there, I was covering it up bad. I was wearing skivvies. I was wearing turtlenecks. It was the middle of summer. <laughs> I didn't want anyone to see it. I took the photo down. No way was anyone oh seeing goodness. that. Oh, yeah, sure. Fixed up. Hey. That was the reason behind my tattoo. Uh, yeah. I was also coming in a bad place in my life at that point. I thought, hey, this is to do with all my medical battles. This is to make sure that, hey, you, sometimes we go through some bad stuff, but yeah. at the end we find our peace and we come through it. It's a good one. I like it. It's, it's a good quote. It's a good spot for it. Yeah. So that so that was the origin, origin of your first tattoo. You've, mm-hmm. you've gone on Model Mayhem. How long between going on Model Mayhem to then – getting the call to suicide girl because i know you said you had like the sort of sneaky membership and you were browsing the site yes. and finding a niche but when did you get your first shoot did you do some stuff with model mayhem for a while there before getting the call um bits and pieces like i just kind of i wanted to sort of practice modeling a bit more and i wanted to be quite confident in it before i went for the site um yeah and i shot my first set with my my first set never ended up on the site so i shot that set with a photographer i had worked with and I, it just wasn't an SG set. They were beautiful photos. It wasn't SG. It got rejected. I was minorly discouraged. Um, and then I, a photographer actually approached me here. Unfortunately, is now deceased. Um, he's capture of Cthulhu on social media, and he is a fantastic photographer. But he ended up approaching me, saying, "Hey, it looks like we're both trying to get into Suicide Girls because I had spoken about it a little bit on my social media." Um, and he was also in the same area as me. And we shot the first set that ended up going on the site, like in my house in front of my bookshelf. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So super not like a lot of what's on SG. But I was one of the the really lucky girls on the site who had a really quick progression to an, being an official suicide girl. So when you join up on the site, you are a hopeful suicide girl, which you've probably seen around online a little bit. Yeah. Um, that basically just means you haven't had a set bought yet. Um, I think it's the terminology is a bit weird because when it comes down to it, we're all we're all just naked women on the internet. It's um, <laughs> no real like it is what it is. But um, yeah. I my first set was bought. That set that I shot with Daniel Capture Follow was purchased and went on the front page. So I became an official suicide girl. That was in 2015, actually, right. okay. when that went up. Yeah. So take me back to the differences if you can re- if you can remember because I remember my first match and oh, it was. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't uh, the best, but hey, <laughs> you, everyone's going to cut their teeth at some point and yeah. you learn and you grow as the more and more you get out there. So for someone like yourself, take me back to the first day that you'd had like a model mayhem shoot and compare yeah. that to the first day of say a suicide girl shoot. Did you find a lot of not only creative differences, but was there a lot of, I wouldn't say invisible pressure but between the, both the sets? Because you were, you were still starting out with the model mayhem. But now you're getting the call up to say, hey, you know, we can shoot the set for Suicide Girls. What was that experience like from both the Model Mayhem perspective and then going to the Suicide Girls perspective? Um, I mean, Model Mayhem is – it's mostly just people who are – like, there are professionals on there, but it's predominantly people just trying to, like, learn with each other. Okay. Um, so everything I had done on there, I, I felt a bit less in control of what I was doing. And that's right. not a not a – result of like model mayhem it was just a result of me just kind of wanting to go along and produce whatever the photographer wanted to produce yeah um whereas sg suicide girls has obviously photographers bring their own style and their own vibe and there are very distinct photographers on there but it is more it's about the girl it is centered around the girl um so for my my like i said my first set was shot in front of my bookshelf so it was really cool being able to do something that was like a little bit more me and i think i felt a bit more confident in it confident in it both because I'd had a little bit of experience mm. just posing and learning how my body looked and because it was something that I creatively had more of a part in, I guess. Yeah. Because so, the, mo- yeah. the Model Mayhem stuff, was that sort of in the terms of like advertisements or was that sort of, uh, for lack of a better term, revealing photo shoots as well compared to Suicide Girls? It was all over the place. Um, right. <clears throat> so I think my, the first time I was ever in front of a camera was for a TAFE student, uh, um, someone who was studying photography right, okay. in school and needed someone, literally just needed someone to take photos of for their final assessment. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I was in there for that. Like that was the first thing I did. I did a couple of like nude shoots. Um, I think I did a couple of men's magazine submissions as well as a result of people finding me through the site. Okay. So in terms of like the actual content, super all over the place. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not a consistent style like SG is. Yeah. yeah. So just referencing earlier, you like the self-confidence thing in high school like, was a real big hit for you. You developed your own identity now at this point. You're getting out there. You, you've got a successful relationship. You're getting a few tattoos. You start, You tick all the right boxes for yourself, and creatively you're getting out there with Model Mayhem. Was the confidence ever tested when, say, the first, for lack of a better term, again, revealing photo shoot came about? Was that sort of like a, a, a man, here we go kind of thing, or was that just a, man, let's just jump in and see what happens? It, um... You know, I, I can't really remember being nervous about it at all. I, oh, cool. I, okay. I'm very – my confidence issues, I guess, are mostly with my my personality and my sense mm-hmm. of self. And obviously, like, everyone has things about their body they don't like and whatever. But right. I I guess because I I didn't have friends in high school, I never had that experience of comparing my body to other girls. I never thought about my body at all, really. Until I, um, as a result of being quite ill and ending up in hospital, all that kind of stuff, I ended up losing a lot of weight and I kind of started to think about it more then. Mm-hmm. But it, I never really felt self-conscious about my body. I, um, I had confidence issues with myself as a human, but anything, anything sexual, anything involving nudity was always totally fine with me. I always felt really comfortable in that area um, because for me it's kind of, and I still felt, tell the same thing whenever people catch me up, like pick, call me out on a level of insecurity. Like I'll say I don't like something and they're like, oh, what do you mean? You're beautiful. And it's it's never been, I guess there's a disconnect between how I feel about my body and what I'm presenting to the world. Like yeah. because I, I have always known and I know that if I if someone sees me naked, they're not looking at all the things that I don't like about myself. They're not, they're not nitpicking and going, oh, the skin's rougher there and this isn't right and this isn't right. They're just seeing a naked human. Um, so I've always been able to like kind of set my own thoughts aside and present myself in that way. Mm. Um, it kind of just felt like stepping into not another, not another body, but just putting on a different persona, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's almost like the public are reacting to that persona rather than you as a person. They're seeing they're seeing the name. It's obviously you no know, odds are it ain't it ain't it ain't a legal birth name. Um, no. <laughs> so they're respond they're responding to the character and they're going you know oh I'll just I'll just have really you know by the by default compliments and oh what you talking about blah, blah blah. But they're not really going hey this is a actual person like they're kind of yeah. like, I guess desensitized to a certain extent because it is. It's online, like they're not in the building shooting it with you. They're just sort of seeing what they see and they're just reacting to, say, a persona rather than a person. Yeah, at that point it very much was. Uh, like my work online now is a lot more personal, I think, because I do I do OnlyFans and I do social media and I'm a lot – I guess I'm a lot happier with myself, so I'm more happy for it to be just genuinely me and less a persona. But back then it was definitely like, okay, I'm going to be naked Arachne now and I would kind of – definitely put on a definitely put on a persona that kind of allowed me to have that confidence at that point yeah it was definitely very separate from me as a human does the persona still feel like a mask to you now at at this at at the level that you're at now seven years later from from your first shoot or does it still is, is it more of an extension of your of who you are as a person now it um weirdly enough i think it varies from time to time i I get that. I, yep. I like for the most, like I feel like who I am online. Like if you if you follow me on Instagram or like uh, Twitter's mostly just work promo. Actually, so it's probably not a great example. But like I, I guess like OnlyFans and Instagram, everything on there is very genuinely me. It's coming from me. Like it's it's right. not an idea of branding. It's not an idea of building up a persona. Um, and I would say when I'm like in a good rhythm, when I'm totally on top of the world, there isn't that much of a mask there anymore. I would say the the masking happens if I'm not doing too well in my personal life and I have to keep that up. That's yeah. kind of where it becomes an issue. I'll, I'll, I'll hit a point where I'm not doing too well mental health-wise or I'm just feeling burnt out or literally I've just gotten sick and had the flu for a week or whatever, but my my online self isn't allowed to fall behind. You know, uh, I still yeah. need to keep being 
I still need to keep being Arachne and like making that money. Whereas the like that's when the disconnect happens. It's when I'm not do- doing so well, and I have to. I do have to put it on then. Yeah. Yeah, that one that one makes sense because would that also then entail like creating this persona, starting to do those shoots? Is this when you start noticing as well? Hey, this is a lot of fun. I've got this name. I'm having a great time. My self confidence is going up, but at the same time, you're now developing that trait of man, I'm really starting to notice when I'm about to burn out. It, um, it, I, man, I'm not even sure when I grew the awareness of the fact that I was burning out. Um, like retrospectively, I can, I can see it. I could see that I was trying to put effort into SG and that I was also trying to like have a, a completely different job at the same time and trying to have a relationship. And I retrospectively, I can see that, I was struggling and then burning out and having really bad mental health periods and then going back to it. And, but I don't think I really had a handle on it at that point. I don't think right. I was quite okay. aware of it. That was definitely quite a recent thing, honestly. It's, it's oh, taken okay. a good while. Yeah. So, because it, it's, it's one of those jobs. Um, and I, I'm only speaking from an outsized perspective here. So hopefully, you, you know, being someone of your experience, you can fill in the gaps, but is it one of those situations there where there is almost no off peak? Like you kind of have to be on 24 seven vibing, filming, connecting, advertising. Yeah. yeah. So it is it's one of those the, outlets. Yeah. It's the hardest part of, I think like anyone who works from home has a certain element of it where it's like, there's no real end to your job. It's like anyone who's ever worked from home will like have that thing where like you can, even if you set hours, even if you say, okay, I'm going to work from eight till four at 4 PM, you just kind of go, or I could work some more and I could be more productive. And you kind of always feel like you're pushing yourself. So mm-hmm. a lot of it is that, that if I, you know, wake up at four in the morning and because I heard a loud noise outside or whatever, instead of going back to sleep, I kind of go, Oh, maybe I should check my OnlyFans and answer a few messages. So <laughs> it's right, that kind okay. of like around the clock. And then on top of it, yeah, there is that kind of, I feel like at this point, especially because I do like my following's not huge, but it's, there's people, there's people there. There's a lot of people there um, who will notice if I stop posting, who will notice if I'm acting strangely to them. Um, So there's definitely pressure to like keep up the best version of myself online, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. As well as to just keep working and turning stuff out. Yeah. Do you, do you find that you have to sort of create a backlog? Like you have to film sort of a lot of stuff on the day to, to cover up from those burning out processes or is it just a day by day kind of thing? Yeah. It's something that I've started, like I've started fairly recently, probably only in the last like six to 12 months, mm-hmm. um, planning my content ahead a lot further right. and kind of having in my head, okay, well, I know I'm going to post, I'm going to film this on Tuesday and I can post this part of it on Thursday and post this part on Saturday and kind of, figure out how to stretch it. And I do have plans set in place. Like if I feel myself getting sick, I will, I probably shouldn't be pushing myself when I get sick, but if I do feel sick or start feeling sick, I'll often film a lot that day, take a lot of content that day. So I know I have a lot, but I also have ways of getting around it. Like I, I, I pull from my archives and I do different things that are fun. I do raffles and bits and pieces, especially on my OnlyFans to try to like compensate for the fact that I am not putting out a huge amount of fresh content. All right, you guys are going to hit the pause button right there. Don't worry. There's plenty more to come with Arachne Suicide in the coming weeks. We get through a lot more stories. We find out her journey up until where she is right now. But if you're enjoying the podcast, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Google, Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and Podbean. You can also subscribe to the page on Facebook, and Instagram at LMBC Podcast and on Twitter at LMBC underscore podcast. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next week.